0: Welcome to the Utah Podcapalians. Now, this is a podcast of the Episcopal Church in Utah, where we take a look at our unique church in our unique land, and it doesn't get any more unique than that. Now, today, what we're going to talk about is one of those really unique things. I'm going to see how many times we can use the word unique. And what that is, is that the Episcopal Church in Utah is selecting a new bishop. Bishop is the person who is head of the diocese. The diocese is basically the state of Utah and a little bit of Arizona. Now, what makes this process unusual among almost all churches is that it is a very well drawn out and documented and regulated process. And in this case, it's taken two years since the Right Reverend Scott B. Hayashi announced that he would be retiring. And it's something that has only happened 11 times in our over 150-year history. So it's a very, very interesting time. And we have a very, very interesting guest today, and that is Russ Pack. Russ Pack is co-chair of what we call the Transition Committee. And the Transition Committee is part of this process. And rather than me get this all wrong and all fouled up, let's ask Russ, Where are we in this process of picking the bishop? And can you just walk us through where we've been and where we're going and what's coming up that's pretty gosh darn exciting in
1: our diocese? Sure. And thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So, uh, Craig, as you mentioned, uh, Nancy Tanner and I are responsible for the transition committee. Um, We're the second part of the overall process in uh, electing a new bishop. So the first process, the first team was the search and nominating committee. And they met for many months, uh, obtaining applications for, for folks who were interested in being bishop and soliciting as well for those folks who would like to um, submit their names. And they went through a long discernment process. They they brought candidates in just as, as, as one would for a, a typical hiring process. But with the added element, this is a, a discernment process for them in the diocese as well so the the uh, search and nominee committee then finished its work in march and and met with the candidates and shortlisted and they were they were given the charge of shortlisting between 3 and 5 candidates and they um they collectively agreed on three names and at that point those three individuals then and the work was sort of transferred from the search and nominee committee to our transition committee so the transition Committee is responsible for all of the steps. Uh, starting with that in November, when we got the names up through the election and the consecration and subsequent to the consecration, helping to integrate the elected bishop into the community with her or his family and all of those things, finding housing. So that will take us nearly through the end of this calendar year to do all of those things
0: why goes to this effort? I mean, uh, and people have asked me that, and those that have had where um, in some of our brothers and sisters in the Roman Catholic, uh, it's appointed, a uh, person arrives, and we know our friends from the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that uh, a new bishop comes in fairly regularly and um, is, is appointed. Why did... Because I have to answer that question, what makes it unique, so I'm going to ask the expert here, why go through this process, and it's it's so traditional, so ritual, and so important for our church, isn't
1: it? You're spot on. This really is a different process from what most churches do in terms of their ecclesiastical leaders and what happens. In this case, what I think is most important is that, um, as you know, we have two, essentially two orders in the church, the, the, the clerics and the lay orders. And they have equal voice in selecting a bishop. So it's not just something where the clerics say, this is the person we want, or the lay people just say, this is what is really is a collective decision that they make. And the process is prescribed for a very good reason. So the, the, the search committee <clears throat> was uh, appointed by the standing, standing committee go through this process and and they represent both the clerical order and the lay order in in that process. And now our goal is to make sure that we are um, equally thoughtful in introducing the candidates to the diocese and the diocese to the candidates. So what we're doing now is not just a, we're not just doing like a job interview. It's not a job interview where we're hiring someone, a CEO for our company. But it really is, um, is part of this broad, much broader discernment process where um, where we, we can meet the cancer. My dog's jumping out. Sorry.
0: <laughs> well, we got to see the dog.
1: <laughs> I try to, <laughs> to keep him down. My apologies. <laughs>
0: No, and, and and I think that's interesting that this is a very humanistic, we didn't go to any like employment agency. We didn't go to a no. employment agency of uh, stuffy shirts at the church and say, find us one. These are real human beings with real dogs and real <laughs> cats in our diocese who are are ultimately picking this bishop. Is that right?
1: That's that's correct. And so we, we lead up to the we do this process now and meeting the candidates, candidates meet us until the electing convention, which is uh, April thirtieth when we have that um, the election to pick a new bishop. I mean it is so it's, it's it involves, I, I like it because it involves the entire diocese in many different ways. So everyone gets to know over a period of time. As, as you said, it's not just one or two people picking someone from the top or a person they might prefer. Everyone, everyone has a chance to be involved to the extent that they want to be involved well you're even going around the state the diocese and
0: and picking areas of the of the diocese so that just people that are attending church or even friends or whatever can go and meet these candidates. Uh, you went through a great deal of effort. This isn't just something being done here in Salt Lake City in the uh, in the and headquarters. You're, you're reaching out, and and maybe you could talk about um, we're we're going to call what are called meet and greets, where you actually have a chance to listen and and ask questions, etc., to these candidates. And maybe you want to talk a little bit about that process, where they are, why you pick those various places that uh, show, not
1: show off the diocese as much as show the diocese. See, I think that's a good distinction to make. So the meet and greet week is April 4th through the 8th. So on the 4th of of April, which is a Monday, the candidates come in and sort of meet some of the folks on the staff and like that. But then starting on the 5th, we begin our meet and greet tour. So we will be stopping at four um, sites. So one in each of the four geographical regions of the diocese and uh, for four consecutive days. So it's a, it's a bus trip. The first bus trip is a two day long bus trip and then come back to Salt Lake City. <clears throat> the third day is the bus trip out of Salt Lake and back The same on the fourth day. So the first day we'll be driving to um, Grace Church in St. George and meeting with the folks there in the Southern region. Uh, it was a two-hour meeting. We have a period. Of, we have a sort of a process of, of dividing the room into numbers of people, and then the the candidates rotate from room to room. We are giving the candidates some. Uh, we have given them some preview questions that they know the answers. Others will be asking extemporaneously at the meeting. So we'll see sort of the questions answered by by being reflective, and then also how well they think on their feet. So St. George Grace is the first stop, and then uh, because our, our state is large, I think the candidates will be surprised at how broad, how vast our state actually is. So this, then the second, so that evening we will stop in uh, in Richfield and spend the night, so they'll have a chance to rest, and then we'll drive the next day and have lunch at Price, so we'll see Price, and then we'll drive to St. Elizabeth's in White Rocks. And uh, that's representing the eastern region, plus uh, plus the diversity of the congregation there at White Rocks. Same process will occur in White Rocks. And then when that's finished, we'll come back to Salt Lake for that evening. So there's the two-day trip. And then the next day, uh, we will be going to uh, Good Shepherd in Ogden. And one of the things we're gonna do in Ogden differently is we'll have a a separate meeting for the uh, Spanish-speaking folks which will be great also. Some of our candidates are uh, conversant in Spanish, um, but we'll have uh, interpreters and translators there also at at Good Shepherd, and then back to Salt Lake City. And then the last day on Friday, uh, we will be going to St. James Midvale, which is the Salt Lake City region. So those are the four regions that we're covering.
0: Now, one thing about this, that um, while parts of it were confidential, you know, the initial applicants were confidential when they applied and felt uh, a calling to apply to this diocese. But once we have the finalists, which we do, it's very transparent. In fact, um, these meetings, my understanding, are going to be on the uh, website. People will be able to view whether they're Episcopalians or not or whether they're from some other diocese or wherever, that in many ways, from this point on, it's a very public, including the election, right? It's it's a very public presentation. And I probably hope I know the answers to that because I believe I'm involved in seeing that this goes out to the public. But it, um, why is that important that um, this be public?
1: So, and, and your point is very well taken. The first. The first part was in this, these, the nomination process because people are really holding themselves out and they already have jobs and things. And so they're, they're taking quite a risk initially. <clears throat> and and now, now that the names aren't on, the transparency is paramount because we really want to know who these candidates are. We want to do everything we can about them. We want to interact with them. We want to meet them personally, um, which is why I think that the meet and greet sessions to whomever is, is capable, should be in person, if they can attend these meetings, because I think it makes a difference if you see the person face to face and can say hello. But of course, not everyone can. And so having these uh, videotaped as well, we can watch and you could watch every session. So for example, if you, or if you are in, in, in uh, Grace St. George, and you, you see the candidates, but you wanna see the answers to different questions that will be asked in another location, then I think it's good you could do that and really learn more about how the candidates respond. So, in person or by video, we, and the the more transparent, the more we know the candidates, and and more more that the candidates can know us when they go around is equally important. And it's not an inter, it's not an interview We're we really are getting to know them, and they're getting to know us. Too. Absolutely, absolutely, that's very important. And who yeah. knows. You know, I mean, we're we're very likable. I think a little bit. You never you know. Speak for yourself, Russ. <laughs> they, they may say. I, uh, I don't know. I think know. there
0: would be some that. <laughs> have watched me on TV, on news. It might disagree oh, I, with likability or whatever. I
1: think you're in a good spot, but they made that Russ. He's crazy, so you just don't know. <laughs> And that's a, no offense taken. That's all right. So
0: but, but it's well, and, and that's a good time to remind you that we are listening to the Utah uh where we look at our unique church and our unique place. And I'm Craig Worth of the diocese. Russ Pack is our guest today, and Russ. Um, I know there's information on the website, utahbishopsearch.org, and you can look at, at quite um, extensive look at the, who these candidates are, and I'm not gonna ask you to tell everything about them because you
1: can find that information and we will find more. Their profiles, there's some of their sermons, what they've had to say are all on the website. So you can review those folks. We've we've asked that specifically those some, for the candidates. So if you uh, reach out to these and say I'd like to friend you on Facebook, for example, we've asked the candidates not to respond to that. We've had that happen. So the best way to find out about them is you can look at their at their profile uh, on on Facebook, but better yet on our uh, on our uh, website in our newsletter. And then also when you're there, <clears throat> there's a quick link to register to go to these meetings and find out more. So you can find out about the candidates and you can find out how to come to the meetings where we're registering folks from the meetings. Um, so when you're attending in person, and then um, the, I think the third thing on on that is that uh, you, you'll be able to see things about the different committees and how they work. So you'll hear terms of art like the shepherds or the moderators and that. And so the newsletter and the website sort of explain what those roles are, what those functions are. So the shepherds, for example, accompany there are folks from the diocese who accompany these candidates and show them hospitality, escort them, take them to the meetings, make sure they're different places at the correct time. So those are sort of terms of art that are used typically in any search process.
0: You know, it's been a lot of work for you. And I know I've witnessed both you and Nancy and the other volunteers and you are volunteers on these committees. And I, I admire to watch the, the how much care, how much work, and how much detail. I for a bus trip. I mean, I'm impressed, and I know you wouldn't say it because you're too humble. But you're all the way down to that you have to have like five different kinds of band aids with you, <laughs> and and you know just in case uh, something. You're 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 prepared for anything on these trips, and I, I admire what you've all done and how detailed all the way down to what kind of sandwiches that you want to have in Richfield. And by the way, I'd love a vegetarian uh, sandwich if you can get that with extra sprouts. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But also, I want to know, um, you've worked so hard. Do you find it fun? Well,
1: we're, we're, we're having the time of our life actually, I'll be honest, because um, from a selfish perspective, getting to know these candidates in this way has been very interesting. So, uh, we on the committee we we have a um, a commitment to impartiality on the committee. So, so I've had the opportunity to meet all three candidates, and I think we have we have terrific candidates. Uh, I when I say meet them, I meet them online. We haven't yet met them in person, but we have three good candidates. So, being able to get to know them has been a really a, a really good experience to know them. Um, we won't share our insight with anyone because we want this to be a fair and unbiased process. But the other thing I think it's fun is that uh, it's another opportunity within the church that we get to see the broader diocese of Utah instead of just our own congregation, or in my case, the Salt Lake congregations, just sort of talk with the other uh, priests in charge and the, and, the con- and getting to know them because it's a very diverse uh, group of folks in our congregations. They're very diverse, and sometimes we tend to forget that. Um, ourselves.
0: You have um, a special perspective because you have looked at all the literature. You've taken a look at all of our uh, 20-some churches throughout our our congregations and have seen what um, I think a lot of us that maybe are in Salt Lake or in Park City or Ogden or St. George, we don't see that whole wide church and um, what are some observations that you have seen when you start looking at, um, you mentioned White Rocks, and the, uh, which is on the Ute reservation, along with another one of our churches, Holy Spirit, and you see the rural uh, parts of Utah, um, and and then you've seen the fast-growing resorts, Moab and St. George and all that. What, what kind of observations, now that I've said everything about them, and <laughs> what kind of observations do you make about the diocese that you have learned that I think is important for all of us who might be helping
1: in this selection process? So certainly our similarities are probably as strong as our differences, for one thing, <clears throat> the similarities that we have within the state, because all of us in the church really are a, a minority in a state that has a, a sort of an overlaying um, a religious group that are well aware of. And so I think we have that in common. We see that. Um, I think all the folks we talk to and that we know are keenly interested in the new bishop because they realize how important it is to the diocese to pick the, the, the best and most qualified person for this when things are changing very quickly in the, in the church. And the likelihood is that, that most bishops remain for say a 10 year tenure. So it's very important to everyone. The difference is what surprises me, I think, is that in reading the newsletters of the different congregations, finding about them, and having our articles included in those newsletters, we find out so, so much more about how their services are done, how they've responded to the pandemic differently from us, um, how they meet as small groups or as large groups in different places, how they see the, the church growing within their own area much differently from how we may see it here, I mean that you know we've talked about the storefront churches that are that you know have been a thing in the past and look like they're increasing. so we don't necessarily think about storefront churches in the Salt Lake area, but certainly the other communities do. so those sort of things have been hmm. you have had a chance to look at some of the questions
0: because out of respect we we are a church that is asking some of the uh, the questions to be submitted so that we can, I think, um, narrow down similarity ones. So I don't think there's anything that's off the table to be asked, but just to keep it so that there's a wide variety. Um, in general sense, can you mention some of the things that people are asking in a very general terms? I don't, you know, we're not sure. looking for at this one, they're going to ask this, but
1: just generally, so we get an idea of where were the church is at. Sure. I think the I think as the, the, the common questions and these are some we'll be asking in fact this week I'm sending a list of these questions to the candidates so they'll be public at that point as well. About a third of the questions were given them in advance and about two-thirds will be asked at the meetings. But a lot of the questions in these preview questions relate to things like um interfaith associations. Um how how will that work for them? Um we talk about the um the the skills and, and skills that they would bring to the diocese in this particular time with what's happening. A lot of the questions relate to uh, the the change in, because of COVID and other other reasons, the change in how we attend church um, and and what what will be happening. Obviously some things are uh, questions about um, youth and, and, and young people and how will they, you know, how will they include and embrace those people in these changing times, embrace younger folks in the church. Those sort of things I, I, that are are important. And then questions that, that I think are important for them to consider: this this very large geographic diocese. How will they how will they reach out and include everyone and make certain that the folks in Page, Arizona, are as in much contact as the, as the folks at the Cathedral Church? Those are the those are the general ten of the questions. Um, that, that they'll be getting a mess. And, the, and then the questions become more detailed as well, things that things you would typically ask when you're chatting with us about your leadership style. Um, the financial, I mean, financially, sort of things that they, they should look at about the diocese because we're different dioceses financially. And we don't necessarily expect them to have a, a strong financial background, but they but to have an understanding of where we are as a diocese. Those are the kind of questions that seem to be coming more than others. Russ Pack, our special guest today. I also,
0: as a kind of a historian and an amateur historian, well, an amateur at everything I do, <laughs> but uh, uh, definitely amateur historian, the fact that this has only happened 11 times in over 150 years, this is our 12th bishop, and that seems that we're really watching history being made in our particular religion, and history that will affect others, too, in that our bishops tend to be uh, vocal when it comes to social justice. They tend to be in the news a lot, um, in newspapers, in in television. Um, Do you get that sense, too, that you're you're really part of a, almost once in a lifetime, I, I look in the last 25 years, This is only the third time in 25 years that we've
1: looked for a bishop. Um, Do you get that sense, that feeling? You do, and I think more so when you sort of look at the profiles of past bishops and realize, um, you know, 100 years ago, what were we doing, you know, nearly, or just over 100 years ago with uh, folks like, you know, John Paul Jones at the time when he was elected bishop, and he said, there's some parallels, and Looking back in history, and and we recognize those times not just as a moment in history for the bishop, but a moment in history for the, for for us as a state, and where we are. So, and and knowing that this is going to be uh, an episcopacy for for probably ten years, and where we are with COVID and everything else, that this is going to be this is really is a pivotal time in the church and in our in our own history. So, I, I think it's very exciting to be part of it, and I, I think that. I mean, other folks share that same excitement. We talk to them; we're never excited about it as well. And so, we hope we can kind of keep that momentum going through the election. And and then also, I think it's really important that um, the person we elect is made to feel very welcome here. You know, if they have if they come with children or family or spouses, and things to know that um, that we're here to support and sustain them, uh, as we commit to do. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and and these podcasts, it's always. Uh... I hope that um, you know, I've been around this church for many years, actually, seven decades, and I know Russ, you've been around for a long time, but um there are those and and we have in our communications office Brianna Lenkos, who has not been around for a thousand years, like you and I have you had us together. And um, Brianna, do you have any questions for Russ or any observations?
2: Yeah. One thing I'd like to touch back on is this is such a unique process because it's not a one-sided job interview. So you mentioned that during the meet and greets, it's a chance for us to really get to know the candidates, but can you go a little more into why it's so important that the candidates get to meet us and why maybe that's so important that we, the members of our own parishes show up for those meet and greets?
1: It's a great question. And it is, because when it, it, I think it, for all of us who've applied for jobs before, a part of it, if we were just interviewing for a regular job, and I've interviewed for a job in the past. You sort of try to find out about the the, the company where you've applied and the co-workers, and do you share an ideology, or is it something that you can really commit to? And and it may be surprising for, I don't think of these three candidates, I think these three candidates are, are, are really done their homework and funny about the diocese I feel that they've done a really good job of that and they're very keen but but it could be somewhere that that, that they in another another diocese that they said you know this wasn't exactly what i expected so say for example these folks know the geographical area but someone may say oh my goodness i've taken this bus trip and it took me it took me five hours to get to not even the you know the the for the south congregation they, they may say you know I, I don't know that i really want to i probably i might be more comfortable and in a diocese that's geographically smaller and more the same i, I think with these particular candidates there they are intrigued and compelled by the differences as i as i see them now that's part of the, the but in some cases they may not have been so change of change of mind if you, if you maybe you've taken a job before that you go that was not a great career choice for me.
2: Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. No, I think that's such a great point. And I think it's important too, because Utah is a smaller diocese within the church. And so I think it's a good way if we show up to the meet and greets for them to show what Utah is and how there's a lot of you know variety of ages and different types of people. I think that's really important.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, thank you.
1: Thank you. Well, with all that,
0: we're running out of time. And uh, <laughs> I can tell you that um, it's it's always great to talk to you. And, and I can't ever have a podcast with Russ Pack without saying that the dedication, the absolute dedication, I don't know any other word other than grace and dedication that Russ has shown uh, the episcopal church as a volunteer in about everything i think you've headed up every committee there ever was and uh your your graciousness your faith your whole presence has made us a much better diocese and i deeply appreciate that as somebody who works with the diocese and somebody who has been a lifelong episcopalian they don't come any better than our guests. Rust pack. So thank you so much for being part of us um, on the Utah Epodcapalians, where we do look at this unique church in this unique land. We have a lot of fun doing it because we have a lot of fun in our faith and in our religion and in what we bring to the state. And we're very proud of that, but we're also very humbled by it too. Well, thanks a lot for listening. And we'll have another podcast coming up about the bishop. This is not the only one ever, and Russ will have you again. Thanks so much.